You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today's episode shows you how service providers can begin to scale their online business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to one of our special case study Editions here on the Mind Your Business podcast, where I love to talk to extraordinary entrepreneurs who are doing extraordinary things. Today is no exception. My guest was a service provider. She was a website designer, still does website design, and was looking for ways to increase her revenue, add additional profit streams to her business without taking up more hours. You already know from so many episodes how our Our time is finite, our time is precious, but that doesn't need to be the thing that caps our income, does it? And today you're gonna hear from my special guest, Elizabeth McCravey, who was able to generate over $27,000 in just five days. And how she was able to scale and create leveraged offers so that she could transcend that one-to-one trading time for money paradigm. This was a fantastic episode. I love Elizabeth. I love their energy. I loved everything she had to share. It was so valuable and so good. And uh, I saw myself so much in, in so much of her story. So many good nuggets in here. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Elizabeth is a website designer based in Nashville, Tennessee. She helps women ditch their boring soulless websites for a website that can actually make them money. She started her business at just 23 after quitting her first real job in just four months. Today, she sells website templates on a platform called Show It, and she's actually been awarded one of the top designers for Show It. She's also the host of the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, where she teaches design and online marketing strategies. And of course, she is my guest in today's episode. So without further ado, let's start that interview right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with today's guest, Elizabeth McCravey. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm really excited because as we are kind of pulling up all the the notes and outline preparing for this show, I'm just like, I'm so blown away. I'm so happy. I'm so impressed with all the success that you've had. So first off, congratulations. I'm also just really happy to find another example because we just keep finding so many of, of online business owners that are thriving during this time that are continuing to grow. So congrats on that. You know, thank you for taking the time to be here because I think this is just going to be a great episode. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. So to give some context to our listeners, why don't you take a moment and just share a little bit about what do you do? Who do you help and how do you help them? Yeah. So simply put, I'm a website designer and I work primarily with women who are building personal brand businesses. So a lot of coaches, consultants, people in the wellness space, even photographers. And like most people, I started by doing service work. So I was building like custom brands and websites. Even before that was doing like 
literally anything craft design someone wanted to throw at me or social media management. I did all the things and then had niched down to branding and website design. And then I got to a point where like I was charging premium prices. I was booked out. I was getting burned out because it was so much client work. And I went from there to in 2018, decided like, okay, I need to need to change something here and really listen to my audience and realized I needed to launch a product. So I released website templates, which are basically like same thing as website themes, like pre-made websites that people can buy and then customize for their own brand. So now I still do some custom work, but that's my primary thing. And basically anytime anyone in the world can go to my site and buy a template and I make them like with the goal to be really beautiful, really strategic and really unique so that it feels like you spent like thousands on a custom site, but it's really a template. Awesome. Do you mind sharing how much do these templates range from? Yeah. So they go from $4.97 to $7.97. So definitely like more of a premium priced product. And they're for the show it platform, which is like 10 snap templates at a higher price point mm-hmm. to begin with. Awesome. Hey, I'm curious back at kind of here the like three phases, right? That yeah. first phase was like, I was a service provider, basically doing anything that people would pay me for. What was business like back then for you? Gosh, I mean, I was so new. I mean, I... So to back it up a little more even, I went to college for digital media. And so I was like studying all the things. Mm -hmm. Like I studied computer science, graphic design, and marketing and graduated, got a job, hated it, (laughs) and quit within four months. What were you doing in in that job? It was advertising. So it was Mm. like, it was graphic design for an ad agency. And I thought it was going to be amazing. Like I knew really as a kid that like someday I'd want to start a business. I had no idea what it'd be, but I was like, that's going to be part of my story. But as a 22 year old, I was like, no one's, what would I even do? Like Mm, no one would want to buy anything from me. So I went into like, okay, I'm the corporate world going to do that for five to 10 years. And then at some point I'll start a business. But hating that job so much pushed me to the business thing sooner. So basically I quit that job. Thank after. you, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really though. It really does feel like that's exactly yeah. what was meant to happen. Can I ask... I, I, I know I yeah. keep interrupting. I'm so rude. I, no, but, I love but it. I don't want you to skip some of these important details. Yeah. What was it that you hated about the job so much? Don't yeah, say anything so, bad about your boss or anything. But I mean, I like, what was it that you... Like, was it just the type of work that they were having you do? Yeah. So that was actually a confusing thing for me since it was like my first grown up job, so to speak. I had like confusion of like, wait, am I lazy? Do I just not like working? Do I actually not like graphic design? Like I struggle with all of that. But like after leaving it and working for myself, I realized that I hated someone else boxing me into a schedule. Mm. I also hated that like, you know, we were 830 to five, had a long commute. And if we didn't have work to do, we watched Netflix or scrolled Facebook. And I'm like, when I don't have work to do, I want to go on a walk. Like I want to hang out yeah. with my friends. Like I don't want to be just Stuck sitting in here. Stuck in an office. Yeah. Yeah. Truly glued to a desk was like the feeling there. And it made me, yeah, I just feel like chained down to it. And I was mm. like crying before going into work. It was a, it was a rough time. I was also a newlywed. So it was like a lot of change. We like, I started the job right before we got married. I moved to Nashville And then I quit the job about two months into marriage. So it was like a lot of transition at once too, which I think also added to the dislike. Yeah. And so you went right into like, hey, I can do all these things. If you can give me money, I'll do it. 
And was that phase making you money? Were you busy? Were you profitable during then? Were you undercharging? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So really when I first quit my job, I actually was still like, I'm not doing the business thing. And so for a while I was teaching yoga because I'm a certified yoga teacher and I did that in college. So I went back to doing that. I was nannying a lot. I was dog sitting. I was selling stuff on like Facebook market. And then in <laughs> addition to all, all that, things, yeah. I was freelancing. Yeah. I was all the, I was very like scrappy yeah. to make money. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was doing social media management for a lot of people. I would do wow. billboards. I would do brochures. It was like all over the place. And I would say actually during that time, I mean, I pretty quickly matched what I was making at the job, but through like doing a thousand things. Right. And you probably um, enjoyed, would still choose that over the job. Yes. I mean, I loved it. I had so mm -hmm. much free time to do like what I wanted to do with it. And I, I also think like that experience during that time was important for me. Like 100%. growing up, I had never babysat as an example. Like I was not a girl that did that. And so I'm like, I got thrown into nannying and it was like so much like life skills because I want to be a mom someday. Mm -hmm. And like, I got to learn how to do that stuff at like age 20. And if you mess up, it's not your kid. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I learned so... I One time I even did a whole weekend with 12 kids, a family with 12 kids. Like it was stuff like what? that. Just, yeah. And just you? <laughs> you didn't have to bring like a team of nannies to... No, they had older kids, which helped, oh, that helped me. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was an educational time. I'll but say. during that, I got to a point where it was like, I'm freelancing so much. Like I need to make this into a business. Like I need to either like keep like more actively mm -hmm. seek out a new job. Because I was applying for jobs, was not hearing back from anyone. So I'm like, I need to do that or I need to go all in on this business thing. And at that point, I had gotten some big clients without having a website, just me using my personal Gmail account. And so I made a transition. I like launched a website. I said, I'm open for business. But when I was open for business, it was like social media management, branding, website mm. design. It was like everything under the sun still. Yeah. And then you, you started to niche down into mm. website design. Is that correct? Yeah. So did you notice a big difference just in doing that? Yeah, I did. And I like I would say too, I think that time, I'm curious what you think about this, but mm. I feel like during that time of me doing all the things was important for me 100%. because I Yeah, because I didn't know what I liked. It yeah. was like I went to school studied all these things. I had an internship where I did social media marketing, so that's why that was like a thing for me. But I wouldn't have known if I hadn't tried it all. And actually early on, I was like, I'm going to do social media marketing. Like that felt like the thing. And I loved the recurring revenue of it, of like having consistent clients. But then pretty quickly, I was like, I actually don't like this. And then I slowly went into, I got rid of all those clients and like closed out the project, so to speak. And then did more of branding and website design. And then at some point in all that too, I niched down to like, okay, I work with women who are coaches, consultants, and like in that yeah. business. Cause I feel like I, I love that industry and was able to really like vibe well with them. So it definitely changed, made me like known for something mm. versus like the Jane of all trades thing where it's like, are you really good at any of it when you're doing everything under the sun? Oh, so good. And so important, everything you're saying, because I think so many of us are trying to be everything to all people and the brain just doesn't comprehend that. Like, how is that possible? How could, you know, and like the perfect metaphor is like, if you had a spinal issue, heaven forbid, 
wouldn't you go to like a spinal specialist, not like the jet, you know, if you have a specific yeah. issue, physical health, like you go to that spot, you want, I want the top, this surgeon, the top, whatever expert in the world to treat on me, not my local physician. It's the same thing. So, you know, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to services, it's the same thing. But I love this because I heard so much of my, I'm sure a lot of our listeners did too, heard so much of myself in all that you've shared so far. You know, when I graduated college, I had four jobs immediately. You know, one was like, mm-hmm. I was a bartender. I was wor- working at a janitor at a gym. That sucked. So you got yoga certified and I'm cleaning <laughs> up after your clients. You know, I'm the one cleaning the sweat off the floor every day. So you already had a leg up <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, but but I started doing all the things and anyone who would throw money, you know, same thing. And you're right. It is it's not necessary, but it can be extremely valuable because contrast creates clarity. It's the yeah. buffet of life. Oh, do I like, no, I don't like this. Mm, no, I don't like, oh, but I love this. And that's how you find or get clear on what it is you do like by trial and error. Yeah. I think the pitfall is just that people stay there too long. You know, mm-hmm. so I really commend you that as soon as you got a job and you're like, I'm miserable. You did something about it. As soon as you go, oh, I'm booked up, but I'm burnt out, which I love that alliteration, by the way. I think that's <laughs> that's a great use it if you aren't already because you said it, not me. You did something about it. And I think that's the difference is that we need these experiences in our life to create contrast so that we can create clarity. Yeah. But most people don't do anything with it. And you're like, hey, this isn't working or hey, I don't like this. And I deserve to enjoy my life. I deserve to have the things that I want to have. I deserve to be happy. So I'm going to do something about it. And you just hear people in the same like scenarios that you've described, but they'll stay there for years. Yeah. So thank you for being someone who had the courage to say, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to do something about it. So fast forwarding through life. This is all what (laughs) in the last two years, last year? That was, I've had my business four years. Four years. So, Dang, so that that's was about, incredible. That was in like year one-ish that yeah. I did all the transitioning. Yeah. Well done. Look out world. Here comes Elizabeth. <laughs> so let's now go to, you know, we're going to kind of skip that phase that I think a lot of people do resonate with. It's like, hey, people are paying me to do this work, but it's still training time for dollars. Yeah. And the entrepreneur within really started awakening. How can I leverage and scale, create something once and get it in the hands of so many other people? And so how did you come up with the idea for creating templates and transitioning to that model? Yeah. So I first thing, I feel like I wasn't even thinking about saying this originally, but I had a fail with products where I sold none before I came up with the template. So about... I want to say a year and a half into business, I had that feeling of like, I'm kind of like not wanting to do just service work forever. So I created pre-made brands as a product. No one wanted it from me. (laughs) I had like, I had no reason to believe it was a good idea. And I wasn't even really fully booked out at that point. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like crushing it like I was later with the website design stuff. But I was like, I'm going to make pre-made brands. I put so much effort and energy into it. What is it? Was it an online course or was that... What was that? No. Yeah. So pre-made brands, it's basically like... So say there's a logo and you like see it on my site. It has a color palette. It's a logo. I would put your name into it and you're buying it for like $400. Oh, got it. I'm so glad that was not the offer I ended up sticking with, but Mm -hmm. it is pretty common in the design world to like see those. 
then don't like the same, like 20 people have like the same logo. Yeah, technically you could, or you could say like, I'm only selling this to three people. Like it's very not scalable and it's still a service. Mm. Like you still are putting that person's information into it. Right. Yeah. It's like done with you with a little done yeah. for you in there. Okay. Got yeah. it. So, so that tanked, so I, huh? Yeah, it tanked. And it's like, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm so glad it happened because it taught me like, what are you, like I was moving too fast out of the service thing. I had not, I had not gotten to where I wanted to be yet to make that transition. So it tanked. I did sell two, but it was like two months later after it had just been sitting on my website for like months. And then I ended up eventually deleting it and was like, okay, this isn't my thing. But then, I mean, gosh, I guess fast forward. So I launched the templates in 2018 at the mm-hmm. end of the year. So fast forward a couple of years, I had, you know, I got to the point with custom design where I'm charging premium pricing. I have a wait list, um, working with like truly ideal clients who have to apply to work with me and they don't just want any designer. They have like, for whatever reason, a like Elizabeth's who I want to work with. And I hated having to turn people away because I'm like, it was, it was so often I'm getting these requests from women who I'm like, I would love to work with you, but like, I'm already like taking on too much, too many clients and it just exhausted by it. And then also when, when I had raised my prices so much, it got to the point where I'm really targeting women who have been in business five to 10 years, not that woman who this is her first website, Mm. but I really love helping that woman Mm. too. So I'm like, how can I help women in all stages of their business have a great website? I love that you talked about, you have multiple offers, but they're for multiple segments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like now I still do custom websites, but whereas before I might have like four clients I'm juggling at once and to the point where like, I can't even work on marketing my own business because I'm literally just doing client work. Um, So I went from that and I was making like good money again. Like I had over six figures in a year doing business like that, but I was working a lot more than I'd like to. And it's just like exhausting dealing with like the client feedback and like, projects taking longer sometimes than there's than they should but now i still do custom stuff some but like more like my goal this year is to do four to five Mm -hmm. total for the whole year and you keep raising your your prices yeah now it's i mean it varies but typically i would say anywhere from seven to ten thousand is what most people would pay with me and it's also again people who now i'm working with women who have like they've made it in their business already. And like, they're where they want to be. They know who their ideal client is. So I'm not figuring that out for them. They've already built an amazing brand and business and I'm helping them like make their website match that. So it's fun. And it's fun. Like, like, you know, letting people apply and then seeing like, are we a good fit or not? Mm -hmm. And then working with the people who feel like aligned. Yeah. That's so awesome. So take me back here. You said the end of 2018 is when you launched the templates. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So the first launch, I, gosh, I was so nervous because it is like a new product. You're like, I did feel like I knew people wanted this, but at the same time I was like, will they buy? Because it was a $797 product. And at that time I didn't offer payment plans. So it was like, that's what's going to cost. I want to say that I'm remembering correctly. I did about 13,000 wow. uh, in that launch. And then again, though, it, like that's the, such a fun thing about the shop model is like, I did not launch again until the following year, but made sales consistently between the two launch periods um, because they're just always for sale on my site. But it was really cool like seeing 
the women who, again, were like, it wasn't a fit for custom work at that point, but seeing them like tell me I'm setting my alarm for your launch time Mm. and like just the excitement around it. I mean, I had people buy immediately on that first day, like as soon as the website went live. So it was really fun. Well, I know you said something that our listeners really just perks their ears up and like, wait, what, what, what What did you say, Elizabeth? (laughs) And that's around how you were able to do a launch, have a surge of 13,000 sales, but then continue to have sales coming in and then not launch again for a year. And so I would like to talk about that. And then I'm going to open up another little loop because what we're really getting to is your most recent promotion where you did 27,000, over 27,000 in five days. Mm-hmm. That's pretty unbelievable. And this past month was, was it your biggest, biggest month? Yeah. Biggest month. Yeah. Awesome. With over like around 50, 50,000. Yeah. Around 50 and to make really around 35 that came in but then 50 through recurring payments mm. that should come in. I have like an extremely low refund rate. So I expect those to happen. Of course. Yeah. So why don't we start with how are you having sales come in in between these launches and promotions? Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that's been so fun for me of like seeing using the strategies you teach in BBD, but for products that are evergreen of like, mm. it, it's just, you can apply so much of it. And A problem I see in my industry and in a lot of shop industries in general is people don't launch. They do product releases, which basically could mean like, I have a new website template. I'm going to do one post on Instagram, one email, and that's it. Like, I hope you buy, hope you notice it. Now I need to go create another template and I got to work again. Yep. Yeah. And because there's no pressure because it's like, you know, people like I'm so sure so many listeners like, you know, you have five days and you're not opening this thing again for like months. Mm -hmm. So it's like the pressure's on to get all the sales right now. But for shops, people don't feel that pressure, but people are missing, like leaving money on the table by not like taking some of that pressure, so to speak in a positive way, of course, but like feeling it of like, I'm going to make this mean something. So with my launches, I mean, that's, that's why I do. I make, I've done three launches totals, not many again, and I have 11 website templates total. So again, like not many products, like there's not a ton of options, which I like of like, these are curated. Like I'm telling you, like, these are the best. There's something here for your business. Not like a thousand things to search mm-hmm. through. Yeah, Cause that just overwhelms you, you know, I, and I've yeah. seen those sites and I'm like, I'm so, I don't even know. And it dilutes yeah. it too. It's like, yeah. if you need a hundred different templates, I don't know, like, I don't know. (laughs) So I'm glad you're doing it that way. Yeah. Okay. So take us through that then. How is the offer different during these promotions? And then how can people keep purchasing even beyond that? Yeah. So during a launch, the first one was a little different since I was just releasing them. There was like, there was really less promotions. It was more of like, Hey, it's here. You can buy it. And that's when I did like, I think I said like around 13,000 or Mm -hmm. 12,000, something like that. Then the second launch, there was no sale or anything, but there was bonuses that were expiring Mm. when the launch period was over. And there were four new products released all at once. And that launch did around 22,000. And that was again in one week. And then this third launch, it was a different kind of template that's made specifically for sales funnels. So it's like basically a sales website for like a course with like tripwire sales page, 
lead magnet pages, webinar page, all of that. And then also a course that comes with it on writing strategic copy for your sales page. So it's wow. like literally, it's a That's good great. offer. Like I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Um, it's like a sales page in so a box. So you're, you're, you're providing templates, which are almost like software, you know, cause it's like a soft mm-hmm. software plugin really. But now you've incorporated online courses and valuable content to bundle into an offer that creates so much more value. Yeah. So is that the biggest thing you did differently in this in this last launch was incorporating more of the the how-to and the course content in there? Well, actually, so all the templates come with a course that teaches you how to set it up because I think that's one of right. the hardest things for people about but the that's DIY. Like, but that's like, a, that's like a tutorial course. Yes. You know what I mean? But versus like effective copywriting for increasing sales, there's so much more value yeah. in that. Yeah. And so that's what the new products come with. The other, the regular templates don't come with that course because that course is specific to like sales copywriting. Sure. But I do think that was a big like selling feature for people because mm-hmm. you don't see other templates out there that are offering that. It's like, this is saying, I'm going to give you a beautiful design that's also strategic and I'm going to tell you how to fill it out. And that's something that like for me, and I think this is true of business by design too. So you can totally relate, but like I want to provide as much value as possible, which does not always be more content, but like more value. And then it's like selling is easy because I'm like, I know this is a good deal. Right. Like even if it's expensive, I'm and like, if you're paying attention, then you deal. know it's a good deal too. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I've had so many customers from this launch say like they would have paid double the price mm. for just the course. Wow. And I'm like, wow. and that doesn't make me be like, I need to raise my prices. It makes me be like, yeah, because there's so much value. Right. And exactly. then I'm like, I don't need you to buy this, but if you do, you're going to love it. You're going to get results. And I think it's amazing. Like, so knowing like, like I would say to anyone who struggles with selling, creating a product that you can personally feel like is a steal, whatever the price point will help you sell. Yeah. And if you feel like it, you can raise your prices, you know, in the future, you know, yeah, because that might change, but this is, this is awesome. So what goes away well, let's look at this last one. What went away at the end of the five days? Did the course go away or was there other bonuses and stuff that went away? Yeah. So there were other bonuses that went away and I attached like a dollar value to every bonus. And some nice. of the bonuses are actually for sale, like at the full price. So I'm able to say like, this is a $57 value. Once it's gone, it's going to be $57. Mm-hmm. Like, so I had a couple bonuses that were super, super relevant. And then I also did a discount which that was something new for me. I I've never really do sales. I'm pretty intentional about that because I think that's a mistake people with shops can make of like things always being on sale and then people start to just like expect it to be on sale all the time. Right. So during these five days, I did everything 20% off. And my audience knew like when I said, this is the biggest discount I've ever done, like they knew that was true because I think before that, the most I had done was like 10% off. And so that, that was something that went away. And I know the sale, I mean, we talked about this beforehand, but like this was happened during the stay at home orders. Mm -hmm. And that was a time, well, still it's a time where I feel like (laughs) everyone's like, everything should be free. And like, you got to discount stuff to sell. I was hearing that message a lot, but I was already planning on doing a sale because I love experimenting. I'm like, I don't do sales that often. Let's see how that resonates. But I feel like it fit in well with that of like a lot of people were seeing other people doing sales. Mm -hmm. And so I had to sell as well. Yeah. Well, good for you though, for not just giving away all this stuff for free. Okay. So, and I'm curious, 
during these five, well, five days, that's when the sale with the bonuses is available. Did you do anything before that? Did you have like a pre-launch? Did you have content? What did that look like? Can you kind of take us through that experience? Yeah. So I always try with, I say always with all three of my launches, um, <laughs> I always try to like get people really excited by releasing like little snippets of previews of the products, like on social media and things like that to get people pumped. I also have a podcast. So the two weeks leading up to the launch, the podcast episodes, one was on three sales copywriting mistakes to avoid on your sales page. Mm. So that tied in really well to like, I say in the episode, like, Hey, if you want more help with this, I have an entire course that's coming out on this yeah. that you can get when you buy a template. That's so um, and then the other one was like 10 design mistakes to avoid on your course sales page. So, and then again, I'm like kind of, I'm teaching valuable content, but implementing the idea of this new product. So I did that. I did one email the day before launch that linked out to one of the new templates so people could actually just see it. And then I like said, you know, these are all the bonuses they are going to come and then expire. I know that got people excited. I had... That was a crazy thing too in this launch. The first day, I mean, I launched it at like 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Within like five minutes, four people had bought. And so Amazing. that means like they didn't read the sales page. <laughs> no. They're just like, they're just like, okay, I'm in. I'm done. So right, that right. was fun. Yeah. Did you read my sales page? No. <laughs> that's, you know, that's something funny too. You have a long sales page. Yes, I do. For design design. Yeah. But that's something that's cool too. Like I definitely like skimmed the page. Right. But it was so funny to me because business by design, I'm so glad I joined it. Would join it a thousand times over again. But it was a hard decision for me. I bought in the last day in like the afternoon. Yeah. But I never read the full sales page. Because yeah. I'm like, I listened to your podcast. I trust your content. It was more of just like a nervous yeah. on the fence kind of thing. <laughs> totally. No, no I, I had to ask since you, you <laughs> since you had that uh, knowing, you know, uh, we've had the same thing. Yeah. We're like, as soon as we open the doors, you have all these people join and you're like, we know you didn't read it. Yeah. That's okay. And and that's, yeah. a, that's the point. If you guys are listening to what Elizabeth is saying, it's like all that other stuff leading up to it is the sale. And I say this to our students a lot and I don't think it, it hits home. So I'm going to say it again here because some of them will be listening here. The sales page is like that fine. That's just the place where you make your decision, where the decision is, is put into action, really. But the sale is happening way before that. And so I use this metaphor of like dating. And so you mentioned getting married right up, like right after college, right? So when your future to be fiance proposed to you, that's the ask. It's like, I need you to make a decision. Do you want to spend the rest of your life with me or not? Yes or no, right? Did you make your decision based on how good of a proposal it was? Or did you make your decision based on all the past experiences that you've had that created this relationship, that created this connection, that created this love, that you then started to see, this is how I think my future would go with this person, right? And even someone you love, Let's say it was like a really god awful proposal. Like they get nervous and they stumble and they drop the ring down. Would you say no, right? Of course not. You love this person and you love this person because you have a relationship with them. So when it comes to something like that, that makes sense. But why do we put all of the weight into the ask? 
with our stuff? Why is all the pressure put on our sales proposal when there's so much else that plays such a more critical factor? And it's not like it, it negates it, but it's not all of it. You know what I mean? And so that's why you and I both experience and anyone else who's, who's had sales is experiencing the same thing. It's like, I know you didn't, you didn't read the sales letter because they didn't have to. The relationship was already there and they wanted to continue that relationship. So, you know, that's, that's really great to bring into that. That was very well said. Oh, well, well, thank you, Elizabeth. Bravo. Very well listened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is awesome. What would you say, like, if you just, if you could just give a, a tip or a piece of advice or words of wisdom to someone who's hasn't done that first launch. Like when you go back to that first time, like 2008 and you were like real nervous, you knew the value was there, but you were nervous. What if they don't buy? What advice would you have for that person that's about ready to pull the trigger and and do that first launch? Yeah, gosh. I mean, one thing would be kind of what you just said of like, make sure you're talking about it beforehand Mm, on a practical level, because if you launch it and everyone's like, wait, what are you talking about? It doesn't work as well. So Mm -hmm. talking about it beforehand, Getting it's such a, it's such a getting... simple concept. Yeah. You know, and by the way, because I, I got it, it's so, so good. It's so true. That's why planning becomes so important because if you're kind of mm-hmm. this like, I want freedom. So I just do what I want whenever I want. I want to wake up this morning and go launch. Well, yeah. then you haven't been talking about what you're launching and people are like, wait, what, what is she talking about? So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah really and for good. me, like planning in the, the organization, strategy process side of business is something I really thrive in. So like I'm picking my launch dates far in advance, which was actually like a freaky thing when I, Mm -hmm. this most recent launch, I realized like, wow, the world's in chaos and I'm about to try to release this. But I'm also like, I know people need this and want this right now because people were telling me that. So I'm like, I could wait and like wait till it's over and hope things get better and maybe people will buy more. But it was like, no, I did it in the right timing, I think people appreciated too of like the normalcy of it, of like, mm. hey, here's an email not talking about this. Right. Because you did it right so. in the middle where every company that you're a part of sent you a, a COVID email in one week. There was like Literally, one week. Though, that was the week before my launch. The oh week of those gosh. emails was like, and I was like, great. Like, <laughs> At least people are getting used to opening emails com- now. Yeah. <laughs> Companies you've forgotten that you were on their newsletter, like something you purchased eight years ago or sending you something about COVID. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm still subscribed to this thing. What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of puts us in a little bit more context of when you launch. And you know what I heard and what you just said is that you didn't listen to what was going on in the world. You didn't listen to the news. You didn't listen to your own projected futures. You just listened to your audience. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that's the biggest takeaway. I think that our listeners could hear is that no matter what happens, where the world takes us, because 2020 is winning the, the award for most interesting year we've ever had alive, isn't it? And uh, how many books and movies are going to be created just about 2020? There's so much uncertainty. And I like to challenge people by saying the future is always uncertain. Mm -hmm. We just create a veil of certainty that gives us some sort of familiar comfort. It's always uncertain. But even in this more apparently uncertain times, you have people that know that when you're present to what is, present to your people, that you can thrive in times like this. Because I know a lot of examples of the opposite, the opposite of what Elizabeth is experiencing, where they listen to bad advice, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not bad advice, it's they listen to somebody who's 
speaking from a lot of fear. And then that scares them. And then they're taking action from fear. And I read a quote recently during all this that just so resonated with me. I think it was like a Will Smith quote, you know, someone famous, right? And it was saying, I want to be really clear. Fear is is an illusion and, and it's a choice. Danger can be real, but fear is the choice. And I think that is such an important distinction because we collapse the two and can't distinguish between either or. In other words, you can actually be in a real threat of danger and choose courage in that moment, can choose hope, you know, but people want to like argue for that, that fear. Like I, I should be afraid and, and whatnot and say, we should be aware of what is, we should be aware of possible threats and danger can exist. Absolutely. But we can also choose how we show up in those moments. We can choose from what place in our heart we make a decision. And so it just makes me so happy that you chose your audience. You chose, this is what they need. So this is what I'm going to give them. And we're going to see what happens. And that's a much more empowering place right now than I don't know what's going to happen and I'm scared and I'm going to do something from fear. And I just want more and more people following you and you being a model and another example for our listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Any final thoughts? Or anything else to share about your amazing journey or anything that's coming next for you that you feel like would make this episode complete for you? Yeah, you know, one, I I did think of one other piece of like launching tip that's a little less practical, but important that Mm. you made me think of just now. But something I did with every launch and really with any like big thing in my business, and I know you do this too, James, but like, focused visualization time was Mm. so huge for me in this last launch. And I think a lot of people could think that means like spending, you know, 30 minutes every morning sitting down with your eyes closed. But for me, it's a lot of like, my launch is next week. I'm unloading the dishwasher. And instead of listening Mm -hmm. to a podcast, I'm thinking about my launch and visualizing the outcome I want as if it has already happened or like I'm going on a walk and I put my I put my earbuds in because it helps me like go inward. Mm-hmm. But then I'm just thinking about the launch. I did that like I mean I think the week before my launch I had two walks for like an hour where I was just thinking about it and I was visualizing like the sales coming in, what I was going to say in the Instagram live, all of that kind of stuff, and like seeing it as if that had already happened. And then it it happened the way I was seeing it, which was so cool. <laughs> that is um, cool. And like the week I guess it was the first day of my launch. I wrote an Instagram post because I write posts like ahead of time whenever I think of something. But I was seeing the messaging everywhere of like, don't be selling right now. You need to be giving. Things need to be free. And I was like, nope, this is going to be a great launch and you should be selling right now. People need what you have to offer. And so I wrote like my thoughts on that of the question, should I be selling right now? And I wrote in that post... I had my biggest launch yet mm. during mm. this stay at home order. And it happened. Yes. I'm, like, I'm going to declare it. Oh. Like, that's gonna, it's going to be my biggest launch yet. Yes. So I think like having that faith and declaring it so before it's happened is so huge. 100%. And I don't want to even say that that's not practical. Like this is not just the most practical, but this is the most important. You guys are all, I mean, you know what podcast you're listening to. So it's called, you know, mind your business, not mind your tactics or tactics your business or whatever. This is the most critical. This is the most important. If you can't see it in your mind, if you don't believe it and you still think it's going to happen, you're doing something a little backwards here. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to make it real in there first. And I love that. Let's create a post. I think, I think that should be everyone's homework. If you're inspired by this episode to create a post where you've just written about your biggest success in your business and you're sharing that with the world. You're declaring that with your family, your friends and write that post now. And by the way, I think I've only talked about this once or twice somewhere in my journey. That's exactly what I did with my bartend for profit, my first sale, is I wrote the letter every day in my mind because I went through all this stuff. Like and my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. She's like, you're a workaholic, you work too much. I'm like, I know, but I'm, I really want to do this. And like her parents called me one day and was like, you're making the biggest mistake of your life and you don't know what you're doing with your future. And like, you got to give this up, get a real job and that we can take you seriously and get back together. I mean, like, whoa, like friends started laughing at me and all stuff. And every day as I was working, I would just write this email in my mind. It was kind of like this, like, you know, F you, rub it in your face email. You know, it wasn't from a place of love. It was from a place of like, I told you so. But still, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter because it drove me every day. And I'd write, I'd write, see, I told you I could do it. You know, in my mind, all the words I would say. And I even imagine them reading it and being like, damn, he was right. (laughs) And sure enough, I did write the email, by the way. And when I made that very first sale, it was very gratifying for my ego. My ego loved it. But what a powerful thing to do because we are in such a digital world, it can be really hard to visualize. What do I visualize? What am I visualizing when someone's buying my template, when my course, my digital thing? It's like, it's hard to even see. What do I look in my email and see a PayPal notification? Which you could do that. But I love that. I think that's just so beautiful. And I'm also gonna throw out that I love that you talked about, and I'm just gonna hammer this point home, this whole should I stuff. Like we just gotta knock it off. Like, am I supposed to? Should I do this? And this real like fear that gets perpetuated of what I'm supposed to do based on the pressures of society and the pressures of my industry and what's the right thing according to a bunch of strangers on the internet who have strong opinions versus what I know what's true in my heart. And that's the only place that we should be answering that question. We shouldn't be saying, what should I do? Let me go to the internet. Let me go to a poll. Let me go to a forum. Let me go to somebody who's really loud and let them tell me what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And that just keeps you forever stuck oh, doing that. Cause yeah. you don't make, you're not making decisions for yourself. You're not trusting your instinct that you know what's best for your business. Like that's the thing is like, I knew people who had horrible launches like the week before me because, mm-hmm. and they were blaming it on the COVID-19, but I'm like, my audience is different than yours. My offer is different than yours. Like we don't like, just cause that happened for you doesn't mean it will for me. Yes. And just way to put blinders on and be like, that's your story. That's your thing, not mine. No, thank you. I got this. Mm, So good. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing so freely, for taking up so much of your time out of your schedule. Where can people connect with you beyond the podcast? Yeah. So I have a podcast too called the Breakthrough Brand Podcast. A lot of website design, tactical and like raw, honest, like business stuff. So I would say that's a good place to go. And then I'm at Elizabeth McCravey on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most and ElizabethMcCravey.com. Awesome. We're going to link all that up in the show notes for our listeners. So they can go check out, reach out to you, send you a DM, say what's up, share their favorite part with you. So please guys go do that. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. This was amazing. And thank you guys, our listeners, you, yes, you for tuning in, for making it all the way to the episode. You know, I appreciate that. Elizabeth appreciates that. And we've got more epic 
episodes and extraordinary entrepreneurs, a lot of E's in that sentence, coming your way. So stay tuned here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.